0: The sadness that is in you, it so does not have to take you out. It's actually such a beautiful, tender, precious thing when you know you're not alone and that it is going to open up so much beauty in your life. Did you know that your dreams will always require your healing? It's true, and that could be why you freeze or shut down whenever you try to move towards your own brilliant creativity. This podcast exists to show you exactly why that is and how to move towards creating the things that only you can. So let's go. I'm Courtney Lancaster, and this is the Heal Create Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Heal Create Podcast. I am so glad you're here. And if you saw the title... Um, we're going to be talking about grief today. And this episode is scheduled to come out the day after Thanksgiving, so it might seem like a really weird (laughs) topic to cover in the middle of the holidays. I actually think it's the perfect time to talk about it because there's so many things that the holidays can bring up. And I think it's essential for people to understand how to grieve, but especially creatives. Creatives especially get really either stuck or kind of sunk in in their own grief sometimes, or we avoid it altogether and kind of go in the direction of like always building and tearing down, building and tearing down. If you have had a thousand different creative projects and never can never seem to finish anything and don't really know what your direction is, that might be a sign that there are losses that need to be felt within your body, within your heart that might create the space that you need to find the clarity that you're looking for. And so I want to talk about how to actually do that. So there are obvious reasons to grieve: Loss is the most obvious. And transitions, um, maybe having a kid go off to school or maybe something really big ending. And then there's the not so obvious grief. Like things that might seem really good can bring up a lot of grief. Like getting engaged is a really... That's a, is a great example, something that wonderful that's really happening um, or having a baby, but what society doesn't really show us how to do is to let go of the versions of us that we're not going to be anymore, like the single woman or single man or the childless woman that could do whatever she wanted in creativity, not so obvious grief can look like projects that didn't go the way that you wanted them to go. That's such a huge one for people that I work with and has been for myself. When you have expectations for how something that you're building is going to go and it doesn't go that way at all, um, might bring up all kinds of things. The not-so-obvious grief of healing from maybe childhood trauma or maybe an acute trauma that you experienced as an adult or anything that's been painful, you would think that healing would bring more joy and more safety and more groundedness and it does but I think so many of us want to get to that part of the healing stage without actually walking through the processing of the pain of kind of realizing what we had to go through to get to here to get to the point that we're at I think for me what I noticed was there was so much relief in getting the help that I needed and so much hope and so much just support. And that experience of having people with you and your pain was so huge and so important. And it surprised me that there were so many things that just needed to be felt as pure sadness. And I had not had a grid for that. I hadn't really known how to just feel sadness in a safe way. And this is incredibly common for people, especially in my generation. Uh, 90s parenting was so much about behavior which was the bulk of my childhood was in the 90s and for a lot of people around that 80s 90s early 2000s it was really when our parents were so focused on behavior then emotions and the expressions of emotions looked like disobedience a lot of times looked like not cooperating because you know the body is not interested in packaging its emotions in ways that are convenient for other people and kids know this the best and I think that we as a generation have grown to know that that's not always at all what's most important is the, the obedience of children. But I think that we know as a society, maybe in our, these generations, more about what it looks like to allow a child their healthy emotional expression with the understanding that a child that's able to emotionally express in a healthy way naturally comes back to connection and creativity and curiosity. Um, the same is true for the human adult. So if you find yourself lacking compassion, creativity, and curiosity, you might want to take an inventory of of losses or things that might need to be honored through the processing of grief, which we'll talk about later. I think that with grief, grief is actually a really beautiful experience when you're not afraid. And like I said for so many of us as kids whose parents didn't know how to be with them and their sadness, well, what happened was that our little brains were programmed to connect sadness with aloneness. or So much of our anxiety comes from emotions that are trying to come up and then our body trying to protect us from those very same emotions because our body remembers that when we were kids, no one was with us in our sadness and our fear and our anger. Not in the way that we needed. We really needed, you know, parents... To sit next to us and hold us and show us compassion and let our um, let our little selves cry and be irrational and you know get all of that emotion out. But since so few of us had that, then our our brains are just programmed to think that sadness means that we're alone. So it's really important to relearn and reconnect in your brain grief and compassion, grief and uh, someone with you. I was just saying this to somebody the other day. Anytime I cry now as an adult, I immediately imagine like 10 of my favorite people surrounding me. I, li- I Even right now I can like see their faces because I've imagined people with me and I've experienced in real life people with me so often in my healing process when I've been in pain that now my brain and my body just think that crying means that people are with me and that hasn't been an easy road to get to for, you know. If you were like me, for someone who cried alone um, or never cried at all, really. But it's so essential to learn, it's so essential to understand. So, if you think that you may have things to grieve, I wanna talk about how you can do that. And I wanna start with a story. I've actually told this story before. Um, I think in the first episode of this season, but basically about a year and a half ago, we moved to Orange County from Northern California, which you know, if you followed along and it was just a dream move, it was something we were really excited about, something we really, really wanted to do. And uh, we thought about it and, you know, so many things had to work themselves out for that to happen and they did. And I was also in the middle of creating a lot Of music and a lot of musical projects and co-writing had a lot of momentum there. And I, when I got here, I started to notice really quickly that I was pretty shut down, that I was in what we would call it a dorsal response. And I was really noticing that I was way more numb. First of all, way more numb than I thought I was going to be for all my dreams coming true. But second of all, more numb than I had been in a really long time. And it was just as Massive overwhelm that I was experiencing. And so I hit kind of a a bit of a breaking point when we had some real, real losses, some family members that passed away and a friend that passed away in a really tragic way. And I had spiked in anxiety so, so profoundly for me, which anxiety wasn't at that point, a, you know, a normal occurrence for me anymore. And I was like, this is... There's, there are things here that need to be felt. And luckily, I had amazing support and a really great teacher, Cheryl Paul, who helped me understand how important it was to honor all that had changed. And that was something that I missed I met, because I really wanted to move away. I really wanted to create the music. I really wanted to be in this new season of life. But there were so many things that I was rushing towards my dreams so quickly for that I missed some of the sadness that was there. And so I began to every single night, I began what was called a grief practice. And it's something I still pick up seasonally, if I need it. But basically, there are a lot of ways to process grief. And for me, what I did was music was it and is always such a huge catalyst for me to feel the emotion inside of me. And I would put on three songs and I would sit, I would light a candle and I would have a journal ready and I would write down some of the things that I noticed had changed recently. I would write about some of the the people that I had lost. I would write about things that I missed about the kids being little because we were kind of in this new season where we had big kids and we were in a new city and I wrote about some of my friends and I just stopped anytime I noticed emotion bubble and go up to my throat. I would stop and I would like rock myself. I would put um, like just kind of rock back and forth sitting. I would put my hand on my chest. I'm doing that right now. If you can hear that, that's what I'm doing. I would even like put my hands on my face, um, put my hands around myself, my arms around myself, and I would just cry. And it was so essential for me to come out of numbness. I did it probably every single day for three weeks. I had so much to grieve. And then I begin to feel, well, I began to feel, I began to feel my life again. I felt all of my senses coming back online and I began to experience joy and feel the good things that were there for me to experience now. I think that again, so important to either imagine someone with you when you're grieving or to actually be with someone. And that can be A really tricky process when we're looking for the right kinds of support. But I think that you need to know your body was made to grieve safely. And if you are veering towards fear or overwhelm, if you're journaling or if you're by yourself, then it might just signal that your brain is still associating sadness with being alone and with being stuck and with being overwhelmed. And that's when we do, again, we want to go and get the right kind of support or talk to a friend because that fear your body will really stop at nothing to protect you and it's going to throw all kinds of crazy thoughts your way just to get you to stop feeling the sadness and if you're in that place you're no longer in productive grieving you might be in kind of re-traumatizing territory and that's okay i've been there and it's not anything that you can't recover nothing is unhealable it's all it's all part of the process of you learning But what we're looking for is some productive grieving. So you'll know that you've left that realm um, if you do feel an abundance of fear. The other thing that I want to say, too, is that there's a balancing act that you kind of have to manage if you are in a grieving season. We do not want to be walking through grief every single minute. If we're processing losses, we need to take breaks. Grieving is a... It is so taxing on your body. It can be. And it can be such a marathon. And we don't want to be in this place where we're just drowning in it. We need to take breaks where we're doing something physical. I remember reading once that, you know, baking bread or painting is really something important that they offer to those that have lost loved ones because it it gives your... Brain something to focus on, uh, like your body is actually doing something, you're working with your hands. That's really an excellent way to take a break. Also, taking a walk, going outside is essential. Connecting to nature, even if you're just noticing with your five senses, the moment that you're in when you're outside is really essential too. I think what was really different for me a year and a half ago with this grief practice was that I really was able to see it as a part of my day and not a depression season. And I know depression seasons, and they are no fun. And uh, if you're in depression, your body is an active self-protection. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But it's not proper grieving. When I was in a grief practice, I or when I am, if I engage in it again, it's actually a small part of my day where I just take time to honor it and I feel the emotions, and I cry, and then I take a deep breath, and I do some grounding techniques, and I will like put my hands under cold water, and I'll listen to an uplifting song. I'll watch something funny to get out of that grief, and um, I think that that's something that I try and teach my clients to do, even my kids to do, is set aside time to actually feel what's there and feel the sadness. So. I wanted to offer this to you guys right now because obviously the holidays bring up so, so much that can just invite us to see and feel and honor. And what's really beautiful is that if we're really able to be present with where we're at and we're able to take time out of our day to feel and to really drain the reservoir of pain that might be there, it actually does release. It actually does go away. There will always be reasons and things that happen that are challenging and healthy grieving practices are always available to us. But living in dread is not necessary and not essential for the human experience at all. Once you begin to get comfortable with this idea of feeling your emotions in a healthy and productive way, then life doesn't seem so scary because you know that if you do lose something and you do need to grieve, you'll have the tools and the really the self-trust to be able to walk through it. So if anything's coming up for you in this holiday season, I just would invite you to practice being with it. Just even naming it is really important. Like I'm with my family, uh, This not me, but let's say you're with your family and you know your sister really hurts your feelings and it brings up how lonely you felt as a little sister growing up. That can be something that's just like a, Just really seeing that part of you and being with that part of you can actually be an excellent way, whatever the trigger is this holiday season, can be an excellent way to kind of build self trust and to kind of release some old emotion that might be there. Triggers are always trailheads, triggers are always these kind of guides to these parts of us that just need to be felt and heard and seen. So, the other thing, too, guys, is like for my creatives, the the ones that really identify as creative, holy smokes, really feeling your grief it's in the same part of your heart and brain and body where your creativity flows and there have been so many beautiful things that i've created um after i've grieved and have felt my joy and my groundedness again but also in the middle of grief and so there are songs that you'll never hear that i've written about you know friendship breakups or like childhood stuff or Questions that I had about, you know, God or whatever it is that just came out of me, like really actually being honest with some of the sadness that was there in a grounded way. And I think that it's essential for creatives to understand is like you make friends with with the process of feeling your emotions and your creativity absolutely soars. And I noticed that a lot of stuck creatives are actually avoiding things that they need to let go of and feel. And it doesn't have to be scary. Feeling your sadness without fear is actually a really beautiful experience. Do you guys remember listening to sad songs in high school and you were just like in the zone and you felt like you were in a movie and you were like with your friends and just like feeling it? And it wasn't scary. It was like real and honest and brutal, but beautiful. That's really what grief gets gets to be. So my hope in sending this out there into the podcast universe is that you'll be encouraged to know that the sadness that is in you it so does not have to take you out it's actually such a beautiful tender precious thing when you know you're not alone and that it is uh, going to open up so much beauty in your life so i wanted to just wish you guys um such a wonderful thanksgiving and i hope you have hmm, deep healing experiences and also beautiful creativity Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Heal Create podcast. If you have enjoyed this podcast at all, we would love if you would subscribe, rate it, send it to your friends. That would really help us get this message out, this message of empowering people towards emotionally sustainable creativity. Also, we have a PDF for you. So there's an exercise that I created called Inspiration Mirroring. And basically, it is for those that are looking to get acquainted with their authentic, truest self based on the idea that whatever inspires you embodies your potential. And so if you want to get started on that journey today of really understanding who you are at your core... the person that you hope you are, then you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram or go to my website and download that PDF. I think that's all. Have a beautiful day.